welcome back to Nova Stream. My name is Brittany, and today we have a very special guest. We have once again Mr. Alistair. How are you today, Alistair? I'm very well. Thanks so much for having me back. I can't believe it's the last episode of the year. Yes, yes, oh listeners, we are wrapping we are wrapping up for this year because, well, I wanted a little bit of a holiday around Christmas. Holiday! So I decided to give myself a daily video series as a holiday. I mean, who's stupid? I'm stupid. But it's fun and I can't wait to see it. And you should all tune in, seriously. Yes. So what it's about is I found these advent calendars um, at Big W and Kmart. And they're for these little toys called Ushis. And they might be Ushis or something. I'm not quite... Double O-S-H-I-E-S. Little collectibles, character themes. So you can get Disney, Marvel. I went for DC. Woo! And what I'm going to do... Every day of December, take out a character and tell you guys a little bit about that character. Ooh, I can't yeah. wait to see. It's a bit of uh, a bit of a callback to those days I did the who's who of the DCU. I remember those videos. I loved them, can I just say? Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, these are <sighs> a quicker rundown so that they can so I can churn through churn through them a little bit faster. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so very basic or interesting information, I thought. But before we get into some DC news, we need to look at Cosplayer of the Week. This week, it is Feel Good Cosplay, a.k.a. James, and I guess his last name is Feelin? Yes. Because he's feeling good, y'all. He's uh, probably feeling pretty quick. Hey, now that joke is because he is famous for his fantastic Flash cosplays. He's got a classic Flash. He's got the CW Flash and he even has the Ezra Miller Flash. I mean, just scrolling through his Instagram here, having a look at all of his different types and fantastic photography as well. Yeah. Shout out to all those people who've taken his photos. But um, which... Hmm? His, I'm sorry, I just want to say, his Flash is probably the best Flash I've ever seen cosplay. Like, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot... And I really feel like he just, I just feel like he just is this character. Like there's just something about him when you see him in person that you just go, yeah, that's the Flash. I love his Justice League Ezra Miller Flash. Yeah, that is amazing. so cool. Yeah, no, well, I, I surprisingly, I actually followed him before um, you sent me his name for Cosplayer of the Week. Because, yeah, I was just thrown by how amazing his Flash is. And yeah. he's just so chill. I mean, look at him in his CW Flash there. He looks like Grant Gustin. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea what he looks like without his mask on, though. Either do I. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the Cosplayer of the Week. You can find him on Instagram, P-H-E-E-L-G-O-O-D, Cosplay. So that's Feel Good Cosplay, and his name is James Feelin. Giving you a bit of a shout-out because we love your stuff. Love it. Love it. I mean, I was trying to come up with a quick pun, but I couldn't think of one. Because uh, it's quick. <laughs> a quick pun. Because it's... Don't worry, it'll oh, come Oh, honey, to you. if you have to explain the joke. Anyway. <laughs> oh, I have to explain half my jokes. I'm a comedian. All right, now let's get into the news before I make even more of a fool of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at it. This is the exact spot that Volko gave me my first swimming lesson. I already know how to swim. Not even close. All righty, now first up, this is a bit of news that I think will definitely interest you, Alistair. Mm -hmm. Being the Aquaman fan that you are. Mm -hmm. 
This is some crazy casting news because it looks like Aquaman fans are going to be blessed by the vocals of Julie Andrews in the upcoming film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's practically perfect. Uh, in every single Hey, hey practically wave. perfect in every single wave. Oh, oh you just one-upped me! Oh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you much so much for joining us here today. I have been Brittany. This has been Alistair. He has schooled me in the way of puns. Woo! Wow, fantastic. Well, I, I guess I should keep going with this little bit. Of, oh, man, that just blessed. I am blessed to have witnessed that. Um, she will be providing the vocals for the mythic Carathon, which, as reported by Entertainment Weekly, has been revealed to hold the key to Arthur Curry's quest. Mm. I'm so excited. I just, Very positive positive I, reviews as well so far. I didn't even know <laughs> that this character was in it. So I think, like, I'm going on a social media switch off um, when the actual review embargo lifts, if I haven't seen it. Um, mm. Because Roadshow are being very quiet. There's no date. There's not even a room. Oh, no, there is. The Fortress told me about a rumor of a date. Um, mm. but we're getting it after everyone, a week after everyone else. Thanks, Roadshow. Um, oh. so we, I don't know, it's Boxing Day, so maybe reviewers will get to see it early, fingers crossed, maybe, possibly, question mark. But with, with Carathon, were you saying that she's actually from the comics? Because yeah. I couldn't find anything about her. Can you give us a quick rundown of who's who in the DCU? Oh, God, point to put me on the spot. Um... <laughs> Hang on a second. Um, it, I know that it'll have to be CG. <laughs> There's no way that it could be Julie Andrews, right? I think it's just the just the voices, yeah, because it, it doesn't say anything about her appearing. It's just her vocals. But interesting fact, <laughs> it'll be coming out around the same time as the Mary Poppins film is coming the out. The exact same day. My goodness. Whoa. So, bit of ticket sales competition there. But I don't think Aquaman has to really worry because the film on um, is number... The film is number one on Adam Ticket's top advanced sales in 24 hours. They've Aquaman is the record holder now. And it's beaten out Avengers Infinity War. But with pre-purchasing tickets becoming more and more popular, I foresee superhero films just really knocking off that top spot. Every new superhero oh, film. Yeah, tell me about yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely but um even though we might not get the the uh preview screening or the reviewers screening uh for everyone out there and possibly ourselves aquaman is going to hit cinemas in australia december 21 unless has there been a change uh yes december 26 boxing day you're kidding it's changed again yeah but that's why i'm furious Hmm. Well, let's jump to something happy. Well, happy for me. Some news that might interest you, Brittany. Oh, really? What is that? It's Birds of Prey. Hit it. No one does it better than the Birds of Prey. <sighs> uh, wait, you need to say the full title. Exactly. So this bit of news is about Birds of Prey, the full title, but I don't think it's been... I think that's really just scribbles. I don't think it's actually been locked in stone. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I just assumed it was her scribbles. 
I was so confused. Everyone's going, anyway, let me read the news and we'll discuss it. <laughs> that might, 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 might make more sense. So, uh, jumping on over to Birds of Prey, Margot Robbie has released a photo of her movie script with the quintessential scribbles. And it has become Harley Quinn, uh, sorry, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Now, um, it was just her pen on the script and I haven't heard anything about it actually being set in stone. It's just... I thought I thought that would be a really dumb thing to do, to be honest, if they... Uh, I don't get that. I don't know why they would do that. I don't even think they'll do that, to be honest. And To extend the title, yeah. If they do, it's just Suicide Squad all over. Anyway. Yeah, because this is, this is very interesting because her parents in Birds of Prey had certainly split the fan community with some excited to see more of her, especially in the Suicide Squad sequence, um, while others just want her to stick with the sirens. Would you, would you have preferred a sirens film? <sighs> well, it's still in the works, isn't it? Cause I just thought they gave up and went for Birds of Prey. Oh, maybe. Because the, well, the last thing that I heard about sirens is that Birds of Prey was next and then Suicide Squad 2, and then Sirens. Because Sirens is like Catwoman Ivy, right? So completely yeah. different characters. Um, and by then, like, all the Birds of Prey will be established in the Birds of Prey movie, so they have someone to go up against. Do you know what I mean? True. That would. I actually thought that that like, would make it. Like, it would be character-heavy, but that would have been a good sequential film. sequential sense. But mm. we are talking about Warner Brothers and DC here. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, um, throw that out the window. But even with um, the fan community split, uh, the creator, one of the creators, Paul Dini, had shared the image that Margot Robbie shared on his Facebook with actually with actually like a growing, a glowing, sorry, caption. So he wrote uh, that Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Har- of one Harley Quinn was classic. Quinn sanity and that he actually loved it. So she's doing something. She must be doing something right. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I just did a quick little Google of oh, um, Google. Gotham City Sirens. Do you know it's being directed by David Ayer? Um, I knew that was the word on the street, but I just thought that they had dropped the project no, and moved on to still, Birds of Prey. Well, it's in development. So well, how many are that in means... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that means it's never going to happen. Probably. Uh, well, here's, here's the thing. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of unfortunate uh, poking and prodding and negative towards Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn on, on this podcast. I mean, I let, I let everyone, but I, I actually kind of liked it. I thought she was, I am one of the people who thought that she was one of the highlights of Suicide Squad. Yeah, The actors definitely. and the characters yeah. made that film, but I cannot be won over by that story. They pretty much repeated the first scene twice with uh, Amanda Waller <laughs> yeah. eating dinner and then addressing the boardroom. They're the same scenes. I think, so this is my take on it. So comic book people who are comic book heavy central, nothing else if it exists outside the comic books, I'm never going to like it. Mm. And I think people who love comic books can't accept any version of their character on screen ever. There's always going to be an issue. There's always going to be a problem. 
and I think as a community or as fans, we need to adjust our expectations. It's not going to be the character you know from the comic books. The origin story is probably going to be very different, like we've seen. Yeah. And who they are, like their traits, how they react to things, even their backstory is going to be different. And they do it in the TV shows and no one gives them crap. Well, the the bigger thing here is um, if we if let's go down this rabbit hole. Oh God. I love this discussion. Oh God! Because oh you can God. see any any book to movie translation. There yeah. are things that work in books that, that do, do not, not work, work in movies. Yeah. You just cannot do it. Yeah. It doesn't translate. But there are new scenes and new character development moments that are put into films that weren't in the books that wouldn't have worked yeah. in the books. And so it's a trade off that we have to kind of accept and go with the ride of i mean everyone's entitled though you can hate it at the end of the day that's fine because yeah. it actually makes a fun discussion it gives me someone to bounce off of <laughs> and at, like r- movies are made for a mass audience well most yes. are made for a mass audience appeal so you know if you've got five hundred thousand people reading a harley quinn comic and then 8.6 million people seeing a harley quinn movie with all different ages, sexes, backgrounds, beliefs, religions, blah, blah, blah. You can't have, like, you can't expect to have the same character. So, and that's, and that's the other thing is when it comes to comics, mm. people who are generally involved in comics know what they're grabbing when they pick up a comic. Yeah. If you grab a Harley Quinn comic, you're getting you know Harley what you're Quinn. in for. Yeah. But if you're going to see a Harley Quinn film, the general public are just going to see a superhero film. Yeah. They don't know so the backstory. It has to you fit know. That, ba- that, yeah. that box, yeah. yeah. Which, which is what that's a yeah. that's an interesting concept that just I like that. It's just grown from <laughs> well, this it's discussion. Just part of making movies, you can't make a movie assuming that everyone knows <laughs> who this character is and their backstory. You can't just assume that they have that knowledge, because if I took my yeah. mum to see Harley Quinn the movie, she would have no idea that she has a PhD, my mum would have no idea and she mm. probably wouldn't care unless it was relevant to the movie plot. And if it's not relevant, they're not going to put it in. So whoop to do That's, that's like, funny what you say about like um, characters, uh, identity and history and all the comic book that is intertwined with the films and stuff that's missing. It's really funny though as well that you can even be, you can run a DC podcast like I do now mm. and then sit. And this is what happened. I watched Batman versus Superman for the first time. And all of a sudden the flash comes back from the future to tell Bruce, um, she's the key or whatever. And I'm sitting there like, is that booster gold? Who the heck is that? <laughs> I had it's no idea flash. because it's like, it's the flash. I think you actually had to tell me it was the flash. But imagine mm. if it was flipping Booster Gold. That's hilarious. I'm sitting there like the most obscure character reference because I'm thinking time travel, uh, portal, uh, Booster. Do you know what? So, yeah. Um, the funny thing is there were rumors of a Booster Gold film. No. Yeah, for the DCEU, and it was meant to be led, though Booster Gold was meant to be played by Nathan Fillion. Really? But it was, rather... it was a very, very um, unreliable source <laughs> for that. <laughs> and nothing's ever... I haven't heard anything since. But, yeah. Hang on, wait. Just... 
Did you say you just watched Batman vs Superman recently? No, no. When I oh, did the first time, oh my time god, I, I was going to say, "What the? Get off this podcast!" No, that's how it starts. The fever, the rage. The... I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched it on the midnight release. Okay. No, but if if Nathan Fillion is going to be in anything, do you know what I'm going to say he needs to be in? What? Uncharted live action. Oh, and we have seen the fan film. He is he went out of his way to do that. It is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Screw you, Tom Holland. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he could he could play a really good young one. I mean, you know, no, I think it was Uncharted. He, sorry, he is the lead in the Uncharted movie. And fans oh, it's, are okay. not happy. Especially me. <laughs> so okay, now I that have now I news have went to past me. what I just said and put my perceptions of Nathan Drake aside to say, hey, this is the movie version not the game version of the, you know, hot hunk who's kept me <laughs> engaged in gaming for the last pff, mm. 10 years. I fell in love with Eleanor. See, the thing about Uncharted is that it has such great three-dimensional characters. I mean, we're going way off DC here, but yeah. it doesn't <laughs> stop at the lead character. And so many games, so many bits of entertainment stop at the lead character and say they're three-dimensional that's it we're done whereas uncharted goes beyond that and they make polarizing characters work together and they make it work so well i mean you don't have to watch it and think that's a kick-ass female character it's a no that is a well-developed female character that i want to play and you know what so and normally especially with women is where they stop and don't go any further Like, especially with female characters, they tend to put a, not a stop, but, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah. But it it is, it's also like, it's a failing in that you just try and make the lead character relatable. And, and yeah, you do see it more in female characters, but even just beyond the lead character or the lead character's posse, and then it stops. Posse. Posse. (laughs) Do you want to be a part of the DCN posse? Hey girl, 29? who uses the word posse? What kind of 24-year-old am I? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, well, with that crazy choice of word and great deviation from the actual name of this podcast. Uh, gee, let's go on to a bit of CW news. Da, 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 da. I'm all caught up, so you can spoil away. You seem that bothered by the fact that you're on fire. I didn't need you to save me. <laughs> uh, you just fell from a skyscraper, so if I hadn't been there, you would have gone splat. I have to get back to the city. Okay. No, this is like um, news for Elseworld, so this isn't spoiling. This is like coming up. Unless you don't want to know anything about Elseworlds, then skip ahead. Because we have Batwoman, which we've talked about. We've talked about Batwoman, Lois Lane, and Superman all appearing in the Elseworlds crossover. But it looks like the CW producers are trying to bring in some heavyweight characters with Lex Luthor. But I need to clarify that. Lex Luthor isn't appearing in Elseworlds. Uh, <laughs> I just remembered what? I needed to I'm like, be after Elseworlds. <laughs> but Lex Luthor is appearing for Supergirl. Yes, no. I'm reading my notes and then I'm remembering as I'm reading the notes. <laughs> Professionalism! Hire Brittany! Okay. So... So far, the um, the closest we've got to the villain juggernaut is Lena Luthor, and she is played by Katie McGrath, and she's doing it fantastically. 
You up to date with you're up to date with Supergirl, hey? I am, and can I just how say, powerful is this series, this well, season? I have a bone to pick with you, and I'm going to do oh, it on the yes, podcast. go for it. You sent yes. me a message last week going, "Oh my god, Supergirl, watch Supergirl." So yes. I was three episodes behind. So we churned out those episodes. I was expecting the biggest shocking cliffhanger, and it didn't come. And I was like. Brittany, you little brat. How dare you make me watch all that with no Brittany. cliffhanger, Brittany. Well, this is the thing. The biggest thing I've, I find I'm falling in love with with Supergirl is that it's creating a discussion. And it's creating a discussion between the characters where you think, yes, this is the right thing to do and rah, rah, rah. And then Lena Luthor might say something else to balance out the argument. And then you're like, oh, okay. And it's just this interesting, diverse belief system that is coming from the from this. And she fights a freaking dragon, man. How is not? How is that not flipping blown your mind? It, it was good, it, but exactly. I will say, the DC show that is winning for me. Arrow. No, no. Really? It's not. Oh, Legends, of course. No. No, you're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. It is Titans. Oh, Titans. Oh, I thought you were going to say The Flash. I was going to slap you. is slaying <laughs> every single CWDC show. And I agree, yes, they probably have a way bigger budget. Fair enough. Mm. But even story-wise, like, don't hate me, but I'm not the biggest titans fan like i don't care i'm like oh god another one but this one i'm actually interested in mm. i think um i am loving it i'm loving that they've taken a different different route they're trying something different probably closer to the netflix series i guess in this darkness Jeez. and stuff and brutality step further with the brutality i will say it is throwing out a lot of cliche lines so if the writing is sloppy i will see it and it will peeve the heck out of me <laughs> and it's the um don't you hurt her and i'm like eh. and some of the things like me. um no it's like that that's like that's the first one that came to my mind but there are a few lines where i'm just like oh that is so in every single superhero thing that is a cw line <laughs> oh i didn't actually say who was cast as like sleuth oh <laughs> we should probably get back to that so Lex Luthor, hey, we were yeah, you remember him? Cool. Cast in Supergirl. <laughs> and it's the guy from Two and a Half Men, John Cryer. The younger brother. I actually think he looks he looks pretty good. Mm. I reckon it'll be a very interesting cast. It's not the muscular, you know, Hulk hulking figure, towering figure, I should say, from the cartoons, but mm. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. No thoughts? Um, I honestly can't effing stand Two and a Half Men. Oh, yeah. No, I can't stand it either, but... Awful. Um, So, for me, this is a bit of a, like, really? Um, I don't know, though. But it's been a few years, hasn't it? Hasn't he sort of, like, distanced himself from the project a little bit? I know the kid really distanced himself from the project. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to judge until I see because Mm. I don't – I've only seen him in comedy. So 
in like he was in um, Will and Grace two episodes ago um, as comedic relief. So I'm I've never seen him in a serious role. Um, so I think that will be interesting to see how he goes being all serious Sue. So reserving judgment. But a bit of a uh, fun information. He's actually been a Luther before. If you go back to one of the classic superhero films where, I don't know, where Luther's trying to do real estate or something, um, <laughs> he actually plays uh, the nephew, something Luther. He has like a punk mohawk and stuff. So he's actually been a Luther before, but in a film. As I said, reserve judgment until I need to judge and go, well, how horrible was that? But yeah, we'll see. Well, something you can be passionate and happy about Mm -hmm. is the teaser trailer and trailer release for Young Justice Season 3 Outsiders. (laughs) So actually, I watched the teaser. I haven't watched the trailer. Yeah. But I am excited. So it's going to be released on the 4th of January for those who have access to DC Universe. Sigh. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I slap you! I slap you across your face. That is me. Sorry. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and just riffing off that, if we go back to the discussing Titans, mm. Titans actually has a healthy audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Hello, I'm from Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so he's got. They've got eighty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> So it just supports you think I'm we are everywhere on this podcast, man. I'm lo- we are just I'm loving it so much. <laughs> and it's my favorite that it's the last one of the year. It's made even better. See the thing is it's like thirty-eight degrees up in Brisbane at the moment. Oh my god. And it is stinking hot. I've got the fan on just low, so hopefully it doesn't get picked up by the mic. Oh, it's disgusting. Oh. So Well, do you wanna know what it is here? <laughs> 12. Oh, I wish, honey. If it was 12 degrees, whew, it is currently 19. <laughs> Not 19. 19. Well, Sydney's getting horrible weather at the moment. I know. Why are we talking about weather on the podcast? In other news, we have the Sydney storms down in Sydney, which is in Sydney. <laughs> that is my weather girl pitch. <laughs> I don't know anything oh, else about Sydney, but Sydney. I wouldn't quit your job at the Why not? Not the cafe. <laughs> At the cafe. Hello, I'm just at the I'm just at the cafe on Rotten Tomatoes. The cafe, I love Rotten Tomatoes. In answer to your message, things aren't running too well. Oh. Edit. Edit. <laughs> no, well, this is great. I mean, we're having fun. Um, I hope our listeners are having fun. But let's actually let's talk about the last bit of of news. Just checking some work, but I finally have them. The worst of the worst. Of oh, something that's uh, Zack Snyder has been kind of getting into a habit of releasing tidbits of information on Vero. And it seems that David Ayer has followed suit and talked about what the Suicide Squad film's main villain was meant to be. Because. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's all right. I was going to let you take the floor oh, if you wanted to. Because. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Get it? Uh, because they're... Com- we'll get there eventually. Don't worry, guys. Get it out. Get it out. Tomatoes. Their confidential... Far out. Their confidentiality clause is up 
pretty soon. Ooh. And Zax is up way before David's is. So, uh, I think we might find out things really soon. Um, but I yeah. think, I don't know if he'll do that because I don't think he's that kind of person. So and like, he's had a really dirt. solid relationship with WB up until Batman vs. Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he's going <laughs> to Oh, Zack Snyder. Okay. Because 300, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is underrated, man. Oh, I love that movie so much. It's All of yeah, his films have scenes. been released at Warner Brothers. So I don't think he's going to shoot himself in the foot too much. Yeah. But so he did troll them on Vero on Thanksgiving. Uh, so he he ha- apparently has not seen Justice League. Oh, yeah. No, I did see and this image. Yes, I we'll go for it. I kind of think, okay, cool. I If I was a filmmaker and a studio had fired me, and then what happened with his family happened. I don't think I could watch it either, especially mm. after hearing all the bad press and all of that. Um, I would probably not want to watch it either. But although I would, because I'm that person. Um, so he, <laughs> you're a fan, of course. Showed a photo of his um, turkey on Thanksgiving Day, and said it's only so. It was like a halfway through cooking shot, and he wrote. Um, being in the oven for 120 minutes, not quite enough to make sense. <laughs> not quite long enough to make sense or something like that. Mm, um, it wasn't, it, I think it had um, finally one hour more or something involved yes, as well. Yeah, yeah finally one hour more. But, um, and people are still clamoring for the Snyder Cut and uh, apparently it's been seen. You were talking about some people who have seen... The Snyder Cut and a few yeah. podcasts ago. Do you, and now... Mm. Do you know that last week, yeah, last week, um, fans in America actually paid for a plane to fly, release the Snyder Cut over Warner Brothers Studios in America? I'll find you the photos. You're kidding. All I right, send them through. That sounds amazing. to those fans. You are amazing. If I had a way to help contribute to that, I would totally have done that because that's amazing. Do a Kickstarter? Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it's he's he's uh the director's cut for Zack Snyder isn't the only thing that people are calling for. Recently there's been a new kind of stir up for David Ayer's uh I guess what, what it was a director's cut hey or the the final vision for Suicide Squad the actual the original. his script for Suicide mm. Squad. Um so basically Zack released a image on Vero of Darkseid. Um, in and what he would have looked like in Justice League, um, and basically somehow someone made the connection about Suicide Squad and tweeted at David Ayer and said, um, apparently, some, um, Enchantress was in one of those images, and David Ayer said, "Yes, in my original Suicide Squad film." Um, the, there wasn't, I can't even remember those characters. The ones that were controlling Enchantress weren't actually yeah. in it. Um, it was actually Darkseid controlling Enchantress through a mother box and the evil they fought were the parademons. Yeah. And it wasn't those googly eye things. No. And it would have made total sense, right? <laughs> if they, yeah, that. I feel like, like that would make that would have worked so good because it would have built up a little more for the Justice League. Yeah. Um, I don't think Steppenwolf would have... Well, he does... 
he, he would have appeared, I reckon. Yeah. Because you can imagine reckon, that Aztec god I reckon thing that would have been, been the final scene, is Steppenwolf appearing. Yeah. And everyone would be like, ooh, what's that? And then here we go. Then we got Wonder Woman. And then we got Justice League. Like, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Lasai. It's unfortunate. Apparently, there was also um, the original story included something a little bit more complicated. A story arc. Oh, maybe I can get my words right. <laughs> A more complicated story arc for Harley. Yeah. Well, and he also, sorry, David Ayer also said that he didn't have any of the pop songs in his cut. He had that extended Harley storyline and the way that it was chopped up, like it was not his choice at all. So I feel like what happened with Justice League and with Suicide Squad is directors made films, the studio came in and went, people are loving these Suicide Squad trailers. Maybe you guys could edit the film because yeah, for whatever this, reason. Because that was the trailer people, yeah. They didn't like it. Yeah. And it's well, clear I... that their taste is in their buttholes because <laughs> look how they turned out. This is this is the thing I found with Suicide Squad. So I've already told you my problem with the um, the first two scenes or whatever with Amanda Waller. But the other thing is that they have these because those were pretty cool. It was very stylized pop music introducing the characters. Yeah, that was it. And- they don't use that stylization anywhere else in the film. Yeah, you've got to stick with your guns. I mean, like Sin City it was black and white with pops of color. Mm. They stuck to their guns. They had a style, and it was amazing. Yeah. And so it's like, if you pick a direction, go with it, run with it. Yeah. And I think that's where this whole restructure and certain people are out and other people are in. And hopefully, hope because, and this is what people I think are still not understanding is that, do you know who is an executive producer of Aquaman? Zack Snyder. Deborah Snyder, oh. they're still involved. <laughs> James Wan confirmed yeah. it and Zack Snyder confirmed it. So I don't think everyone's, for the people out there, that he was fired. He's got nothing to do with it. Actually, mate, yes, he does. And they're also mm. involved in Wonder Woman 84 and Shazam. Which is interesting so... as well because I was reading how um, James Wan doesn't want to be have his films kind of contracted i guess is the word where he's told this is the film you need to make so he was saying aquaman was really good because he had that freedom so you can imagine now that maybe maybe Mm. warner brothers is stepping back and being like okay you do have to hit these points but go for it i think that's what they have to do and hopefully fingers crossed aquaman does amazingly and blows the competition out of the water and washes them away hey out of the water in a tidal wave of pop culture frenzy um and that was a tsunami of puns (gasps) (gasps) would you like a towel Um, (laughs) and where was i going and you know we already saw that Patty Jenkins has complete control of Wonder Woman 84. So Mm. I think it's a matter of them finding the right filmmakers for the right films. And I feel like Aquaman James Wan meant to be. Absolutely. And I think if, 
I mean, I walked away from the Suicide Squad film not understanding the underlying problems and thinking, David Ayer, what the heck have you done? Yeah, it was. But now thinking him. back, I reckon, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. looking, if you look at behind the scenes and how much effort he put into building a team, yeah. making the villains actually the villains the the actors who are playing villains like work together and be in unison and you kind of did feel the camaraderie from them except for slipknot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bloody slipknot um but yeah so it's sort of like there, there were elements there and i will always think that there are elements there but unfortunately it was just butchered yeah i remember so i saw it and i'm not i'm not bragging hashtag bragging um i saw it two weeks before it came out at movie world at a, um, uh, like press screening. Um, and I remember the film ended and I turned to my partner and I said, critics are going to rip that film a a new hole. Everyone's going to hate it. And he was like, nah, nah, nah. I didn't think it was that bad. And I walked out and I went to one of my friends who's a massive DC fan too. And I was like, so did you hate it as much as I did? And she was like, that was awful. I'm like, is it still being edited? (laughs) Is it still being fixed? Or is that the final film? And it's it's one thing that I always... um, It kind of, I guess, brings a little bit more positivity to the discussion as well. Although we walked away and we just felt... We there were too many negatives for us to really enjoy this film. We yeah. really did not like it. But there are people who walked away just thrilled with this film. And at the end of the day, I'm kind of I'm glad that there are those who actually really liked it because it, this is what I find with media in that I can walk away and just I never want to see something again. Yeah. But if that because it is art, <laughs> if that Conjuring piece of too. art, Conjuring, I hate you for that. <laughs> I hate you for that. If like. Because it is at the end of the day, film is art. And so when people walk away and they love it and have a completely opposite view than me, I it makes me feel good because it means, yes, I have my opinion, but it means that film was made for someone. Can I just butt in because I want everyone to know the backstory here. So yes, go for Brittany it. and I uh, went to a media event at Movie World. Oh, you're telling that story. Yes. Okay, um, I'm just going to back away. <laughs> Please do. We went to a media event at Movie World to review their Fright Nights, um, which is like their Halloween uh, Halloween night. Um, and I said to Brittany, look, you need to get there at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, well, we're going to the movies first to watch The Conjuring 2, and then we're going into the park to do The Conjuring 2 maze. And Brittany was like, okay. And then we get to the movie theatre. Okay, hang on. You told down. me that it was in the 4D yeah, yeah. Theater. So that That's meant that was the reason why there. I agreed. And why I agreed. we got there, we sat down <laughs> and the, they come in they're like, okay, enjoy the movie. And Brittany's like, what? The movie. And I'm like, yeah, it's the whole movie. And she was like, what? what? I don't do horror. What? And I'm like, oh, bother. <laughs> I thought it was a 4D experience and I thought I can put up with horror for 10 minutes in the 4D experience because that actually sounds really cool. And you pull the flipping, full flipping, flipping film on me. <laughs> to be fair though, you were very brave. I don't think you were that bad. I have never screamed and clutched the person next to me in a film ever before. But that, and that's your first James Wan film. 
Oh, here's the thing, though. I can appreciate the filmography because yeah. I think you t- told me a few things about it. I'm like, oh, that's actually really cool. And it certainly was visually very cool, the bits that I actually watched. <laughs> but <laughs> I will never, ever watch that film again. Oh, yeah. And that's understandable. Well, we've actually reached the end of our news. Oh, quick yeah absolutely <laughs> but as always before we leave we have to do comic book of the week now alistair i believe you have one for us so take it away i have a story so i live in melbourne now Woohoo! so Woo-hoo! last week i actually made a point to visit all three comic book shops in the city um and i found my fave and it's a five minute walk from my house which is even better um and it's called All Star Comics. Plug, plug. <gasps> that place is amazing. Isn't it? Oh, my so gosh. beautiful. I didn't even awesome realize art. they had a second level and I flipped you didn't? the freak. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually a um, volume one book. Um, so they've got some really cool sections. So I bought my usual Aquaman, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And when, you know what, branch out. Oh, also, just FYI, if you want some back issues, they do $1 back issues. Oh, I have so many back issues. I've been moving boxes all week. Oh. But um, I literally bought ten Animal Man comics from the New Fifty Two, and I'm so happy right now to have them in physical form. I'm a little bit concerned that I'm gonna turn into Trent from the Fortress and have to get storage <laughs> for them, but hopefully I can curb my habit. Anyway, so I got uh, from the LGBT section a Ooh. DC comic called Midnighter. And it is volume one, and it is called Out. It's written by Steve Orlando, Stephen Mooney, Alec Morgan, and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Totally stuff that name up. Uh, <laughs> but basically, this is being compared to Batman. Really? Um, so the what got me is this was the description of the character. He's like Batman with a sense of humor and a willingness to engage in healthy relationships. And I was like, okay. Um, Basically, (laughs) Midnighter is a gay man who is in a relationship with another superhero called Apollo. Um, You know what? I think I've seen this on the shelves. And it's fantastic. The art is beautiful. Um, it is such a great story. I'm heading back to get part two after payday. Um, Mm. and I can totally understand the Batman references. I'm actually going to jump onto the Nervous Dream Instagram now and upload some of the gorgeous artwork, um, to our Insta story. So you can see what I'm talking about. They are so flippin' ripped. I'm just Googling it now. As in, like, they have a lot of muscles. Oh, yeah. They came in. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, that's... I'm loving it. I've never gotten into Midnighter before. I think I've heard about him because there was a big hullabaloo when he see, 
Heesey. Edit. Well, there was a big hullabaloo when Heesey. Oh my god. Do you want to try that one again? <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Oh, and I'm Edit. leaving that snort in. Mm. Absolutely. So there was a big hullabaloo when DC brought out this character in this comic. Um. Because apparently, I thought it must have been recent. It's not that recent. Uh, so there's seven books to buy. So I'm excited to jump back and dive deeper. And I think, you know what? I, you know that I'm not a Batman fan. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping that this could be my Batman replacement, right? Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at a lot of the art, and it's very nice. It's got a yeah. great. It's almost like a neon feel to it. Yes. Um, I mean, Apollo looks like a traditional angel with the halo around his head in some pages. Neo noir, I want to say. Ooh. And Ooh, darling, have you been watching the block no, with the judges? I live in <laughs> Melbourne now. Um, I think. Ooh, yeah. I think he's a candid. He he reminds me of a mix of Batman and Daredevil. Oh, okay. Da- I, I've never really thought of Daredevil as cheeky, but... Um, say- no, looks-wise. Am I getting the wrong feel? Oh, okay. Okay, looks-wise. All right. Yeah. So that's my little comic book of the week. I'm very happy. It's 2016, so it's not new. So it is a it is not a new comic. Um, but yeah, definitely, if you are interested in something a little bit different, um, I definitely would recommend Midnighter to you... DC loving folk, if you do already love Midnighter and you want to tell me more, feel free to let me know on Twitter at Alistair or Instagram at Alistair. I'd love to hear more about this character. Well, fantastic. I think we have reached the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for bringing the comic book of the week this week. Uh, guys, if you wanted to find more work from Alistair as well, you can reach him on those details he just shared, but also with the Novastream AU on Facebook and Instagram, where there are reviews on movies and games and even interviews sometimes, and we're coming up to Supernovas. And <laughs> also, woo-woo! <laughs> and if you have forgotten, I mean, it's hard to forget. My name is Brittany, aka Brit Girl, and you can find my stuff on Brit Girl on YouTube as well as sometimes on Novastream too. Woohoo! Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been DC Novastream. This is the last one for the year, so I hope you guys have a wonderful, fantastic, flipping awesome Christmas or Hanukkah or just just a Crazy typically monster. fantastic holiday. Kwanzaa, I forgot something. (laughs) But anyway, and New Year. Everyone, have a good New Year. And safe, be safe. Thank you for listening. And have a lovely holiday. Hang on, can we pause this? Because I'm just going to grab the comic book so I get the right number. Hang on. Okay, no worries. I'm out of love. Set me free. Let me out this misery. Show me the the way. way. Get my life back again.